Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of John. We are in John chapter 11. We're going to be putting in verse 17 and finishing out the chapter. We're in the place where I think, again, it's one of the most famous passages in the whole Bible is um, the resurrection, the, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And if you're looking for hope this morning, to me, this is it. This is one of the greatest pictures of being uh, having life is the resurrection from the dead. And I believe my study Bible says that this is the only gospel, the gospel of John, that records the resurrection of Lazarus. And as we said last time, resurrection comes from the Greek word anastasis, which means stand up again. Resurrection refers to the body. It refers to something that the body does. But one thing we know is the soul never sleeps. The soul is, for those who believe in Jesus, the soul is always with Jesus. Resurrection is something happening to the body. Uh, for a believer, uh, death is n- but mere sleep. Um, resurrection is for the body, like getting the body up, like you're waking up again. It's, it's, uh, it is a physical thing. But your soul, once you believe in Jesus, you're always with Jesus. It's the body that dies. It's the body that's going to be raised from the dead. Now, we're going to see a couple of contrasts. The resurrection of Lazarus, the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Lazarus was really a restoration of his natural body. Because that natural body would would die again. But the resurrection of Jesus is being raised into a glorified body. And McGee made the point that when Jesus was in that tomb, once he was uh, he was resurrected in a resurrected in a new glorified body, he didn't need that stone to be rolled away for him to come out. He came out of the the burial clothes, and he didn't need a, any of those soldiers to roll away the stone to let him out. They needed to roll away the stone to let the people outside come inside to see he wasn't there. So we're going to see um, once Lazarus 
gets raised, we're also not going to see a whole lot of hooping and hollering and a focus on Lazarus. We're going to see the focus continue to remain on Jesus. So with that perspective in mind, let's jump in and listen. Verse 17, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. And remember, Jesus delayed a few days in order to let Lazarus die, in order to glorify God in being able to raise him from the dead. So Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. So many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So Jesus is coming to Bethany. It was just a couple of mile walk. So when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. I mean, she was probably so overcome she couldn't even leave the house. But Martha probably being more of a stronger person, you know, the, the one who's more logistics, you know, the housekeeper, you know, who's always got something going in her mind. She comes out to meet Jesus. Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, she knows that Jesus could make the sick people well again. She has faith, but she didn't have all the faith she needed because she didn't understand that there is no death around Jesus. But verse 22, but even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. So she's sort of saying she believes that Jesus could, could help him out here, but she's not... You know, we're not sure here. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Jesus doesn't come out and just say it right off the bat. He's going to raise him from the dead too. Martha said to him, verse 24, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. So she's kind of saying, you know, maybe you could put in a good word for him. One day he'll you know, be able to rise on the last day. So she's got some faith, but she doesn't have the immediate faith in Jesus' presence. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. In other words, he can be spiritually dead already and believe in him and then be alive again and never die. And even though he has a physical death, death in the body, he won't die because the spirit is with me. That you can, on one level, never dying, even though somebody physically die dying spiritually they don't die and everyone who believes in me shall never die you believe in Jesus spiritually you'll never die your body may fall away but the spirit will never die do you believe this and she said yes Lord I believe that you are the Christ the son of God who is coming into the world so she is you know 
acknowledging him, but I'm telling you, this is really hard to get your head around what Jesus is saying. This spiritual immortality that he gives instantly to those who believe. Verse 28. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. So he's still kind of hanging around outside. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. You know, because Martha had told Mary in private about Jesus being there. Now when Mary came to Jesus and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, she said the same thing. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Again, that's the extent that she can get her head around all of this. Jesus could probably heal him, but it's really hard to get your head around that he actually has the power to raise him. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. He didn't think about, oh, your lack of faith or this, that, and the other. He shared in their sorrow. And he was deeply moved in his spirit. And my study Bible says that's not his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That was his human side. That was his human spirit. And greatly troubled. Jesus had that human side. He has the immortal side, but he shares in the trouble. He came down. He was the Son of God, but also the Son of Man. He had the human side. They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So again, Jesus was really overcome. This fellow, that Lazarus, was his friend. And it's a very human emotion. And it doesn't mean to be sorrowful means a lack of faith. It is, as my study Bible says, it just means death is so troubling. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? You know? So they're like, even now, they're like saying, some of them were looking at Jesus' compassion, and then some of them were saying, why didn't he just come and prevent all this? You know? Why did he just, I mean, if he could do all these great things, why couldn't he, why couldn't he do this? You know? And again, people are looking at the physical, but denying the spiritual power of Jesus' presence. Verse 38. He's getting ready to show him. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came by the tomb. It was a cave. A stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Now that's a big deal. He didn't say, I'm going to raise him. He didn't say anything else. 
He just said, take away the stone. He's very slowly, step by step, going to show the power and the glory of God. He's just showing that he's addressing every physical obstacle. Martha, the sister of the dead man. And again, John reemphasizes that Lazarus is dead. The sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Now there was something that my study Bible says that um, there was sort of a, a belief that many felt that the spirit would hover around the body for three days, you know, trying to get back in before it actually departed. Or There was something, a little belief thing there. But it's interesting that the Gospel of John makes the point that um, it was four days. It was four days. So even past that point of that little belief system that people might have had, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. Okay, This is Jesus' final public appearance his final great work before his crucifixion. When they had heard these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And this is, this is sort of going to be reminiscent of how he calls each one of us out from the grave. He will call each one of his sheep by name. The shepherd will call his sheep by name. And that will be something that we can anticipate on the last day. We'll hear our own name as He calls us out. As He calls our bodies out, our spirits will already be with Him. Lazarus come out. The man who had died came out. Again, John refers to Lazarus again as dead. The man who had died. His hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Again, Jesus being very practical, telling people to take away the stone, calling him out by name, and telling him to unwrap him. He's taking no excess glory. He's giving it all to the Father in heaven to see the glory of the Father in heaven. And the emphasis, again, is not on Lazarus and everybody around him. The emphasis is on Jesus displaying God's glory. Verse 49, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. Okay? So, uh, many people, this must have been an awesome display of power. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Now, some didn't believe. Some saw a miracle. 
and were not moved by it. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council, which would be the Sanhedrin, and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. Now, one little note here is that, again, they weren't denying the miracles. And that's the amazing thing about it. They were not denying the miracles. They just were overcome with the politics. And they were overcome with their own fears. They couldn't see the miracles of God. If we let him go like this, everyone will believe in him. In other words, they couldn't deny his popularity and this incredible display of miracles. Can you know, they they had they they couldn't look at the miracles. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. So they denied all these miracles for the politics. Their own power, their own prestige, perhaps their own pride. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, and my study Bible said he was um, high priest for 18 years. He was longer than any other priest. Said to them, you know nothing at all. It, my study Bible says, look how rude he was. Nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. Okay, so Caiaphas, being high priest, he has this uh, authority to prophesy, apparently. And the Bible says that he was making this pronouncement almost in politics. He was saying it was better for one person to die than the whole nation to perish. And that was kind of for politics. So let's put him to death to save our nation, quote unquote. But little did he know, he was actually prophesying and fulfilling his role as the high priest to prophesy. But he, he didn't know that the prophecy was that Jesus was going to die for the sin of all mankind. It was all part of God's plan. They didn't know that they were fulfilling prophecy. Even in their plans to kill him, God was still in control. And not only that, but for the Gentiles too. Those were the, um, the children of God who were scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. So even these plans was according to God's plan. Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews. Jesus already knew this, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim. And there he stayed with the disciples in Ephraim. So Jesus already knew this. And again, after his greatest public display of power, he even takes a lower posture, humbler posture. He's not looking for any prideful recognition whatsoever.
Now, the Passover, this is the last time they mention the Passover here. It's the third Passover that, the, that John mentions. The Passover of Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem. That's because Jerusalem is on a hill. That's why they say go up to Jerusalem. Before the Passover to purify themselves. And they were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? So they're all talking about Jesus. Is he going to show up? Is he coming? And now the chief priests and the Pharisees, they were asking the same thing because they were going to try to arrest him. They had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so they might arrest him. So here they are, trying to kill Jesus. Here we go on the eve of the Passover. Not realizing that Jesus on this Passover was to fulfill the prophecy of the Passover and actually become the Passover lamb that is, according to the gospel message, that will save all of us from our sins. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to Matali, uh, our co-host in Zambia. hope you're doing great, Matali. It's uh, um, glad that you're back. And I look forward to hearing your study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from John chapter 11, beginning at verse 17, all the way through to verse 57. So in our study yesterday, the Lord Jesus Christ delayed his coming to Bethany at the home of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He was waiting for Lazarus to die. And now he's on the way there. And Thomas tells the other disciples, let us go um, so that we may die with him. So today I'll begin reading from verse 17 and I'll read down through to verse 21. And it reads, So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So Martha here is like rebuking the Lord Jesus Christ as to why he didn't come and he had delayed for two days. He didn't come when he was actually told about their brother's sickness. So she also reveals some faith here but also an impatience and a lack of bending to God's will. Verse 22 goes on to read, But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So she has this glimmer of faith that he can actually raise the dead. And he had raised the dead before. And... You know, they had heard about it. So this wasn't going to be um, his first incident of raising one from the dead. 
23, it goes on to read. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Martha believed here in the resurrection as we can actually see. Verse 25 goes on to read, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So here, he actually looks to the future that all who have trusted him shall never die. So if we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ... We shall, um, you know, we receive that um, the spiritual blessings and um, life in the world everlasting. So that's spiritual death. Um, we shall never die. And he was talking about spiritual death. Verse 27 goes on to read. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So um, this was also Simon Peter's testimony, if we recall when we were in the book of um, Peter. Verse 28, I'm going to read, And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is called Sorry, and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, that, that's, let me just read that. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Verse 30, now Jesus had not yet come into town, but was in the place where Martha met him. So here when Mary heard that um, he was coming, she actually went out to meet him. Um, she hastily got up and went to meet him. And um, verse 31 goes on to read. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her when they saw that Mary arose up quickly and went out, followed her. So I went out, followed her saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Verse 32 goes on to read, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down to his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So here... um. She's in sympathy with uh, Martha. You know, she says the very same thing that Martha had actually also pointed out on um, this, you know, saying if, if he had only been present. And this is one of the reasons that he actually said that it's better for him to leave as 
had he continued in the flesh, he couldn't be everywhere at the same time. He couldn't have, you know, be, yeah, he couldn't be everywhere at the same time. Like in this case, he was um, in Bethany when Lazarus uh, passed on. You know, as the Holy Spirit, the Comforter will actually not be here. So when he goes away, he will send the Holy Spirit for us. And the Holy Spirit is with us and indwells in believers. Verse 33 goes on to read, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the Spirit, he groaned in the Spirit and was troubled. So God always weeps with us on the death of our loved ones. His sympathy is for, actually, not the person who has died who we're weeping for. His sympathy is for us and not for the dead. Verse 34 reads, And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35 Jesus wept. So this is how actually God feels at the death of a loved ones, a loved one, all loved ones. But his way of, um, sorry, yeah, he actually weeps um at the death of loved ones. But he actually weeps for the living and not for, um. You know, the dead, he weeps for the living who are lost. You know, he weeps for the condition in which they are in. Verse 36 goes on to read, Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. So here, you know, the Jews actually missed it here. It, it's actually how he loved the Jews who were there, the living that were actually weeping. Verse 37 goes on to read, And some of them could not, and some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? So they go back to the incident of the opening of the eyes of the blind man, that man in the tomb, or in the temple. And it actually made a huge impression, actually, when Jesus did perform that miracle and all the surrounding areas that made quite an impression. Verse 38 goes on to read, Then Jesus again, groaning in spirit, groaning, sorry, then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone, Martha, the sister of him who has died, said to him, Lord, by the time, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. So, you know, here decay had set in. And, you know, our bodies, they rot, um, you know, no matter how much, you know, they are made pretty and embalmed and all those things. But that rot sets in, whether we like it or not. So from dust we came, to dust we shall go back. 
Um, so verse 40 goes on to read. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So he, he said this would be for God's glory. Yeah, even in our study yesterday, you know, the death of Lazarus would be for the glory of God when he actually heard verse 41 goes on to read from sorry then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you always bear me but because of the person who are standing by I said this that they may believe that you sent me so he actually the Lord Jesus Christ didn't need to pray this prayer he did it for the benefit of those who were um around him to help in their faith verse 43 goes on to read and now he had said these things he cried out a loud voice saying Lazarus come forth so here this is always actually the method he uses when he actually raises someone from the dead he actually speaks to them and calls them Verse 44 goes on to read, And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with the grave cloth. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus, Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. So this was merely you know, a restoration to the life or in the old body. So it's a resurrection, and it's in contrast with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he left the grave clothes, and the napkin wrapped around his head as he came up in a glorified body. They didn't need to actually roll up... Um, they didn't need to roll up the stone... When Jesus Christ came up, the reason the stone was actually rolled away was to let those outside come inside and not to let the one inside come outside. But they needed to do so here in this instance for Lazarus. Because Jesus, he when he died, he rose uh, into a glorified body. You know, when he actually met his disciples with the door that was shut he actually walked in and didn't need to actually come in through the door he you know disappeared in the room so he didn't need that stone to be rolled away and this is uh, the contrast that we have between uh, the death of Lazarus and uh, the resurrection of Lazarus and that of the Lord Jesus Christ verse 45 goes on to read then many of the Jews who had come to Mary had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him, but some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. So here, these enemies, you know, were always close by. And those who didn't believe in him, 
through this miracle he's making his and this is his last public appearance before him so they went straight to the pharisees so the raising of lazarus didn't actually convince the skeptics like all those skeptics that our lord jesus christ had if they you know that's the lord jesus christ he had said if they uh did not uh, if they not moses and the prophets they actually did not believe moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded through one who rose from the dead so this was the parable of lazarus and the beggar that's what the lord had actually said so in you know a quiet way one cannot trust him actually if in a quiet way one cannot trust in him when the mob and the majority actually turn from him then you don't have faith and you just you know, we just won't have it. So the problem we have today is not with the evidence, but with the unbelief of man. So this actually brought his enemies on his trail again. And they started hounding him to actually kill him. Seven goes on to read. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered to counsel and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. So this statement is from the enemy, they actually acknowledge the fact that he performed many miracles and he had performed many miracles. That may not be recorded here. A few incidences are recorded here and there, but he did perform many miracles in that time and it was so hard for somebody to actually deny that he actually did nothing. Verse 48 goes on to read, If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. So what they actually feared about Jesus Christ is that <clears throat> there would be a great mass turning to him. There would be like a revolution and there would be you know, a revolution, yeah. And Rome would actually pounce <clears throat> on them. So fear is what motivated them. And in what they actually did. And this is actually what's keeping a lot of people from the Lord Jesus Christ today. And one can't even stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ and what's right. Have a lot of Christians today in the church. They just sit there, timid. They can't stand up and say anything and defend what's right and stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 49 goes on to read. Um, and one of them, Kai. Um, Mm, Caiaphas, sorry, being high priest, that year said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he said, sorry, now this he did not say, on his own authority but being the high priest that year he prophesied that jesus would die for the nation so he actually prophesied and you know here they were actually rationalizing if that jesus should die for the nation rather than rome come upon them and put them to death so which they actually did 
in 70 AD when um, Titus Epiphanes actually came and destroyed and killed them, destroyed the temple and killed them. Verse 52 goes on to read. And not for that, and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. So this was, you know, remarkable prophets that Caiaphas had actually given. And um, he just did not speak from without. He, because he was the high priest then. So he had this prophecy. Verse 53 goes on to read. Then from that day on. Sorry. That, let me just read that again. Then from that day on they plotted to put him to death. So this is the beginning of the end. So they were all plotting to put him to death. Verse 54 goes on to read, Therefore Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to the city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. So if, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ had actually said in the parable of the beggar and Lazarus, if they won't believe Moses, they won't believe the one who um, who raised the one he raised actually from the dead. Verse 55 goes on to read, And the Passover of the Jews came near, and many went from the country to Jerusalem. And before the Passover... And to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among themselves. As they stood in the temple. What do you think? That he will not come to the feast? Verse 57. Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command. That if anyone knew where. Um, sorry. Yeah. The Pharisees had given a command that if they knew where he was, they should report it, that they might might seize him. So here we come to the last week in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ after his public ministry. So it was the end of his public ministry here um, when he rose Lazarus from the dead. So this is the breaking point. This is actually the end. He is now... Um, he actually has now come to the end of um, his life here. And um, he is now, everything is leading towards the cross. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.